was like, absolutely, you know, I'd love it. And so I put my hand on her back, uh, with permission, of course, and I just stood there as Barry began to pray these words. He said, Lord, in your kingdom, there is no sickness, there is no disease, there is no pain, and there is no death. Jesus, we ask that you show us your kingdom right now. Now, I grew up in religious circles my entire life, and I was taught how to pray from a really young age, and I was actually pretty committed to it. And I wasn't super young at this time. I was like 19 or 20, and so it wasn't just this brand new concept to me. And still, what he said just impacted me. And so it was the way he demonstrated it, I think. It was what he said, but it was just so impactful. And so much so, I mean, like, I'm talking about all these years later. It's probably been, like, what, seven, eight years later. <laughs> I'm still thinking about it. But he didn't really make that prayer up. Um, I recognize pieces of it, and some of it's from the Lord's Prayer. Um, some of it I recognize just as things that Jesus said all throughout the Bible and in the Scriptures. And so I couldn't really figure out what the part was that captivated me so much. And so I'm going to unravel that experience for me just a little bit. And I want us to share um, in that experience together today. And so I'm not really going to convince you today that the kingdom of God has come because it has. And instead, I want to show you how close it really is, how truly um, personal it is and really at hand, as Jesus calls it, the kingdom of God is. And so that is what we're going to do today. And before we get started, I was laughing this morning because I was going through this, and I realized that this feels a lot like one of our School of Kingdom ministry classes. And so this is, um, we, we get to talk two weeks about this in Sockham, and um, I'm just really excited that I actually get to, like, do a little bit more teachy-teachy today than preachy. <laughs> and I kind of wish I didn't say that out loud, but okay. <laughs> I said what I said, so here we go. Um, but... And really, all this starts with just an observation. And that observation is this. That Jesus' primary message and ministry is the message of the kingdom of God. That's it. So my whole observation, everything starts with, this is what Jesus demonstrated. This is what he talks about. This is his primary message. It's his primary everything. All right. So. Mark 1, Mark is interesting. Mark is the very first gospel written. It was written about 60 years after the ascension of Jesus. So it's the very first gospel. In the very first gospel, in the very first chapter, the very first words ever recorded by Jesus. So we need to pay attention because these are the very first words that are ever said by Jesus uh, that are recorded. And so we need to be a little bit of alertness, right, to what he is saying in this passage. And he starts off with this. It's Mark 1, 14 and 15. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So the very first words as he starts teaching is that the kingdom of God is at hand 
And it's over and over and over again that we'll see this theme. And it's all throughout the Gospels. It's everywhere. It's what Jesus is really all about. You know, his parables are about the kingdom of God. He teaches about the kingdom of God. He releases his disciples to go and minister the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus is about. And I don't know if you know this, but Vineyard um, is actually more than just this church. And if you've been through Get Planted, some of our membership classes, then you'll know that. But we actually belong to an association or like a denomination of Vineyard churches. And it's both national and international. So there's quite a few of us. When I started attending a Vineyard church, I was in high school and I lived back in Tennessee. And I had a bunch of questions because this was very different than anything I grew up in. And so I went to my youth pastor at the time and I asked if I could talk with him. And so he and I went and sat in some rocking chairs because that's what you do in Tennessee. You go sit on a porch and talk. And um, so we sit in these rocking chairs and he looks right at me and he says, do you know the good news of the gospel? Now, like I mentioned earlier, I grew up kind of in religious circles. I knew my Bible, and I was like, yeah, okay. Easy question. I got this. So I said something like, Jesus came to earth. He was born of a virgin. You know, he grew in favor with God and man. He died on a cross for our sins. Three days later, he rose again. And then he ascended into heaven, and one day we get to go be with him. That's pretty good news, right? Like, that, I thought that was it. Um, and he just kind of erupted into this even bigger smile, and he said, yes, that is such good news, but that is not the good news that Jesus talks about. And I'll be honest, I was a little shook, and I was like, I joined a cult. Um, <laughs> my parents are right. Everyone is right. This isn't good. This isn't good. What else could it be? Um, but the thing is, he, he was right. And the good news is the good news that Jesus talks about all the time. It's what he demonstrated here on earth. And look, I'm never going to dispute how amazing it is that he came and he died and that he rose again. What he did on the cross makes everything else possible. And I'm never going to say that that wasn't an amazing thing. But the message of the kingdom, the good news, is a different message. And it's the one that Jesus taught And this might be a shift for some of us as we start to learn what our faith is actually about. But it is critical that we as followers of Jesus embrace the message and the ministry that Jesus had. After all, we call ourselves Christians. Why? Because we're followers of Jesus. And we want to be whatever Jesus is about. And Jesus was so clearly about the kingdom of God. This is what he lived his life for. This is what he demonstrated. This is what he talked about. This is what he released us to do. And so I want to be whatever Jesus is about. And Jesus is about the kingdom of God. So we want to be too. This way? This way? Does that work? Hello. Okay. Thank you. That would have been annoying. (laughs) <laughs> All right. What was it? Oh, yeah. Anyway, I just want to be whatever Jesus is about. And Jesus is about the kingdom. I want to be about the kingdom. So what is this good news that Jesus is always talking about? Let's go back to Mark. Let's look at what it means when he says these words. 
The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. All right, what does Jesus mean by this? Let's start with that first part. The time is fulfilled. Is that better? I hear it again. Hello. Hello. My ears are very small. I wonder if this is a problem. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sorry if it's annoying. I'm just going to leave it alone. All right. Um, oh, yay, we fixed it. Okay. So what we need to understand about the time is fulfilled is who Jesus is talking to. And Jesus is talking to the Jews of the day. And so from a Jewish perspective, which is where they are coming from, God has made the world and he made it good. And then do we know the story of Adam and Eve, right? Adam, Eve, they eat the fruit, everything kind of gets messed up, right? All right, cool. All on the same page. That's a good start to the day. So Satan has hijacked creation in that moment. And now he has authority on earth. So when Jesus is saying, hey, the time is fulfilled, he is dipping into that Jewish understanding. And he's saying, hey, you've been waiting for a Messiah. You've been waiting for the one to reclaim creation. Right? And set all things to the way they were. You want someone to come and restore order. And so Jesus is saying, hey, right now in my words, that time has been fulfilled. Jesus refers to this dynamic actually like in four or five different verses, but I'm just going to go over one. And he does it really bluntly. And um, so we're going to read in just a minute John 12 verse 30. But he's basically saying, hey, the darkness has gone unchallenged for a very long time. The kingdom of darkness has stood and nobody has been here to challenge it. I have now come to challenge it now on earth. And so I have come, the time has fulfilled that there is a challenger and that is going to be me. And so this is John 12, 30 and 31. And this is right at the beginning of everything heading towards Calvary. And Jesus kind of concludes by saying this. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of the world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. What's he saying? He's saying the time is now. The ruler of this world has been causing havoc for far too long. And now that is being challenged. And the status quo is now changing. The time has been fulfilled. All right, going back, Mark 1.15. The time has been fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Again, Jesus is speaking to a group of Jews. And so if we were alive during that time, we really wouldn't need an explanation of what it meant that the kingdom of God was at hand. But we're not alive during that time. We're in 2023 in America, last time I checked. And so we kind of need an explanation, and that's totally okay. And so what the kingdom actually is, is a lot of times we think of a geographical place, right? And so we think of like the UK, United Kingdom, it's its own little land. Um, and we think of kings, or maybe you think of castles, you kind of go medieval. But we usually think of a place that is a kingdom. 
Magic Kingdom, maybe, if that's more your speed. Um, but whatever it is, that is, we think of a geographical, that's in Florida, I know where it is, I've been there, place. Well, actually, biblically, kingdom is a really active word, and it's not a noun. And so it's not a place that you can point to. Instead, it is a verb, and it is an activity or rolling. And so the word kingdom isn't somewhere you can just point to or say, you know, kingdom of God is heaven, right? So it's, it's up there. No, the kingdom of God is the rule of God, and that's among us. And there's another place that we see this, Matthew 6.10 in our Lord's Prayer. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I don't know a whole lot about poetry. I know just a little bit. This happens to fall into my purview, which is fortunate for us. But this is actually called a couplet. And it is found in a lot of different proverbs and actually all throughout the Bible and in our modern poetry language today too. But what it does is it repeats itself. And so he's giving them, his disciples, a way to pray. And he's saying, you can say, your kingdom come. Or the exact same thing, another way to pray this is that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's exactly the same thing. It's just repeating it twice. He's saying, this is how you should pray either one of those because they mean exactly the same thing. Pretty cool, right? So Jesus comes into the scene, Mark 1, and he says, guys, the time has been fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come. You know, there was a time when Satan's role went unchallenged, but that has changed, and that there is a new challenger here, and that the kingdom of God is at hand, and that's the new challenger. What this means is Jesus is really announcing that God's activity is at hand, and it's really close to us. And Jesus is proclaiming this, and that's really important for us today, because I don't know about you, but me sometimes. I can fall into a really deist way of looking at God, which means it feels like he's kind of out of our lives and maybe uninvolved in some ways. And, you know, he created the universe, he stacked the deck, and now he's sitting on the TV um, kind of flipping through in heaven, and he's like, ooh, look at their life. That's playing out interesting. You know, like that's kind of how we picture God a lot of times, just kind of sitting around watching well, and we think by asking God to intervene into our lives that that's almost like an exception to the rule, that we're asking him to bend something, that we're asking him to do something out of the realm of expectation. But that's all very, very um, wrong because that is a very deist point of view. And Jesus is actually pushing against that framework and saying, no, the kingdom of God is at hand and it is personal he reigns and rules, and he acts like a king wherever the kingdom is. And he's saying, so I am here. This, the time has been fulfilled. The challenger has come, and it is personal, and I am going to intervene. And we see this kingdom message all throughout the New Testament. This is why whenever you see that the kingdom is proclaimed, things happen. And so, um, for instance, like, they're connected to things like healing, the kingdom is announced and then there's healing. The kingdom is announced and there's deliverance. It's connected to things that are actively happening. Because when you announce that God's kingship is over things, then things should happen. Mark 1, 15. The time has been fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. 
well, what does repentance have anything to do with what I was saying a minute ago? I think what Jesus is doing is he's saying, well, repentance is all about changing our perspective. It's all about taking our thoughts of reality, putting them aside, and embracing God's reality. Jesus right away is telling us, set aside that old story, that God is far away, that he is uninvolved. Set it aside. Set aside the idea that the enemy is all up and close to you, but God isn't. That's hooey. God is so involved in your life. The enemy doesn't get more rain than God does in your life. And so God is close. The kingdom is close. And he's going to be very involved in your life. If you allow him. So I think what my youth pastor was trying to say all those years ago when he told me the good news, it, it was that it was going beyond what I thought, that Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. And yeah, that's really good news. Like, absolutely amazing, spectacular thing. I'm never going to deny that. The real good news of the gospel is the one that Jesus taught and demonstrated time and time again, and it's that the kingdom of God is here. So when my friend Barry prayed for that woman's back to be healed, it was a really pivotal moment because Barry announced that the kingdom had come to destroy pain and sickness and death. And in that moment, she was totally healed. And look, all our journeys look really different. (laughs) All of ours really do. And so there's no comparing. There's nothing wrong with how long maybe it takes you to connect all those dots. For me, it took me several years to connect all those dots of what was happening. And it really wasn't until I saw that prayer that Barry was modeling until I really understood. And I heard lots of good sermons about the kingdom of God. I heard lots of good teaching on the kingdom of God. I even saw some healings in the name of the kingdom of God, right? But it took many, many, many encounters for me to stop and go, wait, I understand The kingdom of God just broke through. And so it's okay. Um, But now that you're aware of what the kingdom is, and now that you see this holistic view, begin to recognize it. When people share their stories, when people are healed on Sundays or Wednesdays or whenever we do anything, right? Next time you go to Costco and you end up praying with someone and they're healed, realize what is happening. Realize that the kingdom of God broke in. And it's not a noun, it's a verb, it's an action. And people are healed, freed, delivered, right? So the first step on this journey to being a Christian is actually accepting Jesus. So if you haven't done that, I'd love to pray with you. But I would say a next, next step might be just exchanging your reality for his. And so repent and believe the gospel. Just turn. Allow yourself to believe who God actually is, who Jesus points to as God. And look, we all have areas in our life where we need God to be really close and personal. And the good news is he really wants to be. He wants to be in your marriage. He wants to be uh, with you as you battle addiction. He wants to be with you as you go to school on a normal Tuesday morning. I know he was really involved in my ACTs. Um, 
I don't know. He took a really special interest in that. That was cool. Um, he cared a lot about what I did after high school, and he really wanted to be involved in that. And you know what? He, he wants to be there when you're grieving and in pain. There's nowhere that God doesn't want to be with you. And he's closer than you could even know. So ask for his kingdom to come. And then share with us the story. Did you know that your testimony is actually a type of prophecy? In Revelation, it says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Our stories have power because they release faith, they release hope, and they reveal who God really is. And that is the best prophecy too. And so uh, we actually have a story. Flo, will you come up and share? because there's a camera. Yeah, they want to see you too. Um, I'm generally healthy, and I don't have any past history of heart issues or anything like that. But this morning, um, not long after I had gotten up, my heart was beating really erratically. And um, I was a little concerned. And at the point where I thought, well, maybe I should go to urgent care or ER, I thought, well, I'll pray. And so I kept um, one hand on my pulse and my neck, and the other one I had outraised. And I, um, I just asked Jesus to um, put my heart back into normal rhythm and um, also commanded my heart to do the same. And in the middle of that, I was pretty anxious, so I also just said, Jesus, I give you my anxiety. And um, Within a few minutes, things were starting to calm down, and it was when I still had my hand out, and the tip of my middle finger um, just had this regularly beating pulse. And so I knew, and my, you know, in my neck too, it was back to normal, and um, I just thought it was a pretty amazing thing. That's really good. Thank you. Awesome. So we're going to go ahead and go into a time of communion. And so we do believe in an open communion here, which means if you're a follower of Jesus, you are welcome to.